Howdy, everybody. Uh, happy Skews Day to you. Today is August 31st, 2021. I'm Trey Crowder. That's Mark Agee. What's up, Mark? What's up, Trey? Uh, how you doing today, bud? Uh, I've been obsessed with this Bishop Sycamore High School story all day. Yesterday, too. Have you been following it? I, so there was a big high school game on ESPN where one team got blown out by the other team, and it's supposed to be a showcase for a bunch of future college football stars. But turns out one of the teams was completely fake and made up, and it was filled with 20-year-old like JUCO dropouts who were pretending to be high school students so they could get on ESPN, and then they got blown out or something like that. Yeah, so they basically used the, the charter school system to set up a fake school. They had online-only classes and also a football team. So they were <laughs> they basically just had a fake paper school with a real football team full of guys who were old enough to uh, be renting cars and shit. So, uh, but the funny part to me, I was trying to who were they playing? The other team they were playing uh, was IG, uh, IGN Academy, I think, which was is a school owned by William Morris Endeavor, which is a big Hollywood agency. And so essentially what they, their school is also fake. What they did was they started a football prep school. I think they do basketball too, where a bunch of scholarship kids who they were trying to get into their, get to the pros that will send, then sign WME sports subsidiary, right? What? As agents. And the other kids that go there pay $80,000 a year from their rich parents to be able to say they play on this big time high school football team. What? So, the so whole, it's like that, uh, that what, what's your name that, that went to prison for the, the, getting her kids to college, the faking it thing. Uh, what's your fucking name? You know what I'm, I'm talking about. I'm Becky. Yeah, and, right, uh, yeah, yeah. William Becky, H. Macy's yeah. wife. I can't. Felicia, uh, what's your name? William H. Yeah, Macy's yeah. wife. And Becky. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it, yeah, so it's like way, yeah. that whole deal. Like rich people pay a shitload of money to send their kids to this basically made-up school where superstar athletes play so that they can like yeah. play with them and get extra yeah. shine or whatever. Yeah, their college resume was that they played on a big time high school program. They played on ESPN and won a, won a state title or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But so, but they, like what Aunt Becky was doing was trying to backdoor thing that was already a backdoor because what rich people will do is try to get their kids' coaches and tutors to be really, really good at like extraneous sports no one else plays, it's, like uh, fencing. People are, it's Lori Laughlin. Thank you. Lori Laughlin. Yeah, yeah, that's her real name. But I'm trying to yeah. think, of, I can't think of William H. Macy's wife for whatever reason. I apologize. Felicity um, Huffman. Lori Hoffman, Felicity Huffman. Thank you to our commenters but, for setting us straight on that. But I think it's important to understand that they were trying to hack that's already a hack. They're trying to get by on the cheap by pretending to do something the other rich people were already doing. Right. <laughs> Which is you make your kid the best fencer in the country and then they get into Yale, right? Even though they have like B grades, you know? So like, so this is sort of like a different end of that where you get to say you play, play on a state. It's like Al Bundy scored four touchdowns in a single. They'd be like, I was there the day so-and-so future Hall of Fame running back scored four touchdowns. I was on that team. You should hire me for your white shoe law firm. Buddy, what is real in America anymore? You know what I mean? Like, ain't that America? There's two (laughs) made-up high school teams playing each other on ESPN for all these fucking Mm -hmm. superficial reasons. Holy shit. Okay, well, uh, with us as always is producer Matt. I want to remind you of a couple things real quick. I'm touring again. If you are vaccinated, go to wellreadcomedy.com for tickets and information. We'll be in Raleigh, North Carolina, September 10th through the 12th, and a lot of other places after that. Also, if you need a little more Trey in your life, and hey, who doesn't, go to patreon.com slash Trey Crowder. I do a lot of fun stuff over there. I rate and review American politicians this week, actual human man, Senator Ted Cruz. So if you're into that, holler at me on Patreon. 
on. As for the show tonight, we're going to discuss the latest battleground in the ongoing cultural war in this country, the local school board meeting, where the won't someone please think of the children crowd are doing everything in their power to ensure that every American child has an opportunity to contract COVID-19. Also, all the latest news from the world of horse pills, because that's the reality we live in, and a conversation with rural activist and fellow Appalachian John Russell, whose recent videos explaining the true extent of wealth inequality in this country have taken the internet by storm. Looking forward to that and everything else on tonight's skews. But first, as always... Before before we start the show, Trey, I wanted to say you told Ted Cruz an actual human man, and I need to have a source on that. Uh, yeah, because well, I would if you saw him swallowing eggs whole, would you be shocked? No, not at all. It's funny. Okay. you say, I'm actually glad because it gives me a chance to talk more about my Patreon video. The, the, oh, yeah. The, the whole general gist of it is that he is not an actual human man. Mm. <laughs> He's some all sort right. of nether being wearing a human skin suit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. we're on the same page. But uh, all right, let's get into the show and let's begin, as always, with the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. Tonight's DD, the Taliban for trying to steal Chet Hanks' thunder. What the hell am I talking about? Well, we'll let this brief clip from Fox News explain itself. Matt, go ahead. So it's hot boy summer in Afghanistan, and the Taliban is having the time of their life. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is so fucking dumb, man. What? Everything is so dumb. I used to get mad at people for, I love the movie Idiocracy, but I used to get annoyed when people would call it a documentary because I would always be like, dude, do you know how stupid people used to, yes, we're stupid, but do you know how stupid people used to be? But honestly, as we go further forward in time, it's harder and harder for me to feel that because everything is just dumber and dumber every day. Why why did they say this, Mark? Why is it hot boy summer over there? Well... (laughs) Today, our last plane left, right? So the Taliban was like dancing in the streets and setting off fireworks and shit. I don't know what he's talking about specifically. But so somebody, about- somebody on the internet is going to take these clips of them dancing in the streets and they're dancing in front of like uh, like commandeered U.S. helicopters and military equipment and stuff like that. And somebody's going to put Hot Boy Summer over the top of it, make a montage with Chad Hanks rapping over it or whatever. Get on it, the they- internet. That's what we need in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> the, the helicopter here's what i'm talking about like so this kind of it's kind of refreshing how unstupid most people are about this because like you look at the polling everyone's like yeah it's a good idea we out the war but the fucking the people in charge are going insane with this stupid shit like T- ted cruz uh retweeted a fake video he actually he admitted it was fake by still uh, staying mind the gist of it but there was a fake video that was viral that they said was that taliban had executed someone by hanging them from a helicopter one of the helicopters we left behind now, the, people have been making a big deal about these helicopters. People are saying, oh, it's a bigger helicopter fleet than China has. How many helicopter pilots do you think this Taliban has at their disposal? How much helicopter fuel? How many helicopter mechanics? These right. helicopters are fucking paperweights to them. If we, like, <laughs> the, there was a big video of, like, 550 tanks that were left there. They were, like, Soviet-era tanks that had already been stripped for parts. And the, if the if the Taliban could gas up the tanks, they could figure out how to drive. Remember, the, all these guys have ever driven is Toyota pickups. Right. Uh, and, and they could fuel them up and get them started and drive them. They could, what, do figure eights in the desert? It's not like they're going to be like, okay, boys, you just got to cross the Peshawar Mountains. We'll be in New Jersey by dawn. It doesn't fucking work like that. 
You know, these, like, <laughs> all these complaints are just so stupid. And I'm glad people, most people aren't falling for them. But it's like, what do you what do you think is going to happen, man? The, the Taliban doesn't have an aircraft carrier. They can't get here. It's fine. Whatever. Right. But listen, Mark, in all seriousness, it's terrible what's happening over there, which leads me into our first honorable mention for dumbass, Lindsey Graham, who literally could not find the word to express how terrible it is. Matt, play the clip, please. It's a catamalistic, just a fair beyond my ability to describe it. It's been a very... Yeah, it is. Uh, the word you're looking for is cataclysmic there, Lindsay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anybody Listen, honestly, cataclysm? man, yeah. far be it from me. You know, I've fucked up so many words on this show and otherwise, but still, Lindsey Graham's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't remember Felicity Huffman for five minutes. But, yeah. so, but, uh, but we're not on... We're not U.S. senators with pre. It was scripted for him. Some t- aide wrote that talking point. So we looked up the word cataclysmic and was like, "This is a good word. I'm gonna nail this word." And then fuck right. it up. That's what makes it extra funny to me. We do no. Re- we do very little research for this. So uh, that, that's on him. <laughs> yes, indeed yeah. it is. Uh, all right. So let's do the next one, Mark. And I, because it involves a uh, conspiracy maniac, I would like for you to present this one, please. <laughs> All right, so there's a guy, is three John David Steele, I think. Is, and his last name is definitely Steele. He's a former CIA, works for the CIA, apparently. I don't know what capacity, but he turned, uh, used it, that, that credential to get a job at InfoWars, where he shouted a bunch of conspiracy theories, including one that, like, uh, for example, that uh, he said that uh, NASA was operating a child sex slave operation on Mars. That was his, that was one of his greatest hits. All right. Um, his last quote, literal last Facebook post said his blood oxygen level was at 77. That's about 15 too low, but <laughs> it was, it, it was a lie that he had COVID and he still wouldn't get the vaccine. You'll never get what, guess what happened next. He did. Uh, yeah. but his fellow InfoWars host, uh, wants you to know that what it might look like it was COVID. It was not all is not as it seems. Yeah. Open your eyes. Don't take my word for it. Do the research as I have done. (sighs) He was doing well until they put him on Rendezivir. So Aaron says, this is the trend. How is he doing right now? This immediately resulted in his oxygen levels dropping and they immediately began shaming the family to force him onto a ventilator. And Aaron comments, this is all Florida is offering. Of course, they're trying to make Florida look bad. Why? Why? Because DeSantis is not going along with the agenda. So they're trying to, they are targeting Florida. Yeah. Uh, so they're going, they're doing extra work to make Florida look bad. Uh, as you right. always have to Cause do. that's what you, everybody, yes. It takes a lot of work to make Florida look, uh, fucking crazy and fucked up. <laughs> I was, uh, I was thinking back, um, one time I was a little kid. Uh, we made, used to tease my mom about this cause what the town Burger King went out of business. Right. And my mom was like, one day it was open. The next day it was closed. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, that's how going out of business works is one day, <laughs> day you're closed. And 
But it's like it's like he was alive, and then the next day he was dead. It's like hmm, makes you think. No, that's how fucking. If you refuse right. to go on a ventilator and you need a ventilator, you're gonna die, right? Do you know what I'm right. saying? Like that's 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 causing that's basically the basic order of operations here. Uh, it's like the old expression about bankruptcies; they happen slowly, then all at once. That's how organ failure works too. Um, yeah. So I, it's just like there've been a lot of these cases recently. I mean, you'll be you'll be forgiven. I think there was a conspiracy because like three different AM right wing AM radio hosts have died in like the last week and a half. And if there's a conspiracy, it's whoever got promoted from noon shift to drive time because of all those deaths because <laughs> people are moving up slots. <laughs> No, but, but it's my, also it's, just, it's like you said, like those deaths are only noteworthy because they spent all day proclaiming that the virus was bullshit or the vaccine was bullshit or whatever. And, it's, yeah. you know, when the virus is real and the vaccine works, it's not that surprising that people that are very mm-hmm. vocally opposed to those two uh, stances get sick from the virus and die from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it all completely tracks. There's no conspiracy to be laid out here. Everything is operating really as it should be. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of these hits lately. My, my, the most fun lately is like uh, a guy who, a lawyer who uh, represented Kyle Rittenhouse and now currently rep, you know, the guy who shot up, uh, shot two yeah, protesters yeah. In, in Kenosha, yeah. three protesters in Kenosha. Um, he, he's now representing 17 January 6th defendants. And the U.S. attorney can't get him on the phone. And it apparently it's because he's on a ventilator with COVID. So all these 17 guys who might be up for to get out of jail on bail or plead guilty and get out with time served or whatever can't because their, their, their idiot lawyer is an anti-vaxxer. And his literal last post uh, on August 17th, he tweeted the entire 82nd Airborne couldn't make me get an experimental government vaccine stuck in my arm. Well, you're right about that, buddy. 87 Airborne wasn't going to make you, and now you're on a fucking ventilator. Uh, so, I mean, this is like this isn't like some poor guy who are making fun of because he didn't have resources or money. Like he, like Kyle Rittenhouse's mom says, like four million dollars has gone missing from the GoFundMe set up for his defense. I'm sure this guy got some of it. Uh, he could have he could have taken a day off work to go fucking get jabbed. So. Yeah. yeah, no, fuck him. All right, let's go through these last honorable <laughs> mentions quickly here. Uh, next up, anybody who had tickets to Kid Rock's upcoming tour for, well, so many reasons, but specifically because it is now canceled. That's right. You put up the screen grabs there, Matt. Kid Rock's upcoming shows have been canceled, even though he reinvigorated his passion for performing at the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. You can see them there in front of all his Mm -hmm. fans. He wrote this very impassioned message that ends with, there is nothing the mainstream media or the internet and social media trolls can do, but look at this pick and weep, knowing they will never beat us. Fuck them. Love to you all. Signed, Kid Rock, his rock. Five minutes later. Put extra yeah. screen grab up there, Matt. <laughs> oh, Billy Bob shows this weekend, Kid Rock says, I'm pissed. Over half the band has fucking COVID, parentheses, not me. And before you <laughs> shit for... And before you shit for brains, bloggers, and media trolls run your mouths, many of them, like me, have been vaccinated. I was going to come and rock the house anyway, play acoustic DJ, whatever, but he can't do that. So, here you go. Dude, listen, honestly, I kind of feel bad for the COVID cells that are currently fighting for the lives inside the bodies of Kid Rock's band. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's got to be... (laughs) 
it's got to be tough sledding in there. COVID's in there just like, God damn, what is that smell? They're all backed into a corner fighting off all the hepatitis cells and shit. Like, what is they fucking, they broke into the wrong goddamn rec room, yeah. I think. Uh, Hepatitis, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, hydrocodone, fucking uh, methadone. All the diabetes is, yeah. Just yeah. Uh, yeah. Weaponized Mountain All those, do, all those weird all diseases we used to put jars in your Dairy Queen to help cure people of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got all of those. <laughs> all right. Okay. Our final, final honorable mention for Daily Dumbass is uh, whoever gets pumped. This, it just... It just hits. It just hits. There's nothing to be said about it. It's, not, it's just, yeah. Anyone who gets super pumped up genuinely by Marjorie Taylor Greene's walkout uh, music and spiel, just play the fucking clip. Look what she comes out to. Dude, no one involved with this entire thing could be happy. First of all, this is an Abraham Lincoln dinner. Imagine Abraham Lincoln being subjected to any of that. But also ACDC. Like, can you imagine a less rock and roll setting than what they had going on there? There's fucking chandeliers. The fucking final boss of Karen's walks out in a white dress with sparklers going off and shit in the background. It's like, that shit ain't rock and roll. No. This kid, Abraham Lincoln himself would be like, this is the worst show I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Listen, we got we got some shit to cover before we get John out here in a little bit. But I, I wanted to say, I'm glad somebody picked up on it. Comment from an enemy anemone says, nice tremors call back. Trey was actually a reference, but you're right. I was referencing tremors. I'm glad you picked up on it. When I said that COVID broke into the wrong goddamn rec room when they infected Kid Rock's band, band members, that is a tremors reference. So good on you for uh, for catching it. How about that? Anyway, okay. Yeah. So let's do an update quick on what's going on in the world of horse pills. They're on fire, Mark. Uh, yeah. Ivermectin. Burning up the streets out here. Prescriptions for the horse dewor the livestock deworming drug, not proven at all to be a COVID cure, have surged 24 times higher than pre-pandemic. You can't keep it on the shelves, Mark. You can't keep well, it anywhere. That the important the important distinction here is those are prescriptions for the human version. Those are up 24, but that doesn't count the fucking oh, people that right. get it off label. So, but in po Florida, says poison control calls are up 300% for ivermectin over last month from people already taking ivermectin for this shit. Uh, people are going nuts for it. Did you say uh, in Florida? In Florida? Yeah. It's up? Yeah. yeah. That doesn't make sense. See, this is more propaganda. People trying to make Florida sound crazy, okay? Dude, dude Mississippi is up like a thousand percent with this shit, but they, they must be relieved in Mississippi to get calls or poison control calls over this instead of, you know what to do when you mix Bud Light Lime with Oxycontin for dogs. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're all half cow in Mississippi anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah I'm going to roast all of SEC country. That's what I'm here for. Um, <laughs> but 
Also, a lunatic judge in Ohio ordered a hospital to give a patient ivermectin over his doctor's orders because a family was insisting on it. But uh, so the fun aspect of this to me that I just having this week is the lot feed store owners are starting to push back because they're starting to feel guilty over all the money they're raking in <laughs> and yeah. kill, killing their own repeat customers. So um, this, this uh, feed store owner in Vegas um, is trying desperately to get people and people come to her store to stop from taking it. I'm going to show two clips in this local news story. Uh, but yeah, this is what it's like on the ground for these people. This is really, this is great. A gentleman come in. It was an older gentleman. He told me that his wife was wanted him to be on the ivermectin plan. And I immediately brought him over here because at that time I had this sign hung up. And I told him this isn't safe for you to take. And he says, well, we've been taking it. And my only side effect is I can't see in the morning. That's a big side effect. <laughs> so, I mean, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know that I've been taking this drug, and the only thing that's happened is I'm blind for a while, okay? So get out of here with your bullshit. Not dead of COVID, though. It works. Yeah, right. Uh, Sure, I'm still coughing, still got a fever, and I'm also blind for a little while, but I'm still kicking, and I haven't subjected to the liberal uh, magnet hoax. So I guess that guy still insisted on getting ivermectin. And so she's kept feeling bad because her sign, she had a sign hanging up that said, ivermectin is not for people. It causes death in humans, yada, yada, yada. So she took an added step and I'll let her explain to you her, her new strategy. We have that second clip, Matt. It's continued to increase in recent weeks with Smith receiving four or five customer calls a day, which is why she hung this second sign, now requiring customers to present a picture of their horse before buying. Horse proof. You must have (laughs) proof of horse in order to purchase these drugs, everybody. Dude, (laughs) how many people are walking to that store? They rented a horse costume, made their wife get it so they could do a picture with a horse. (laughs) (laughs) Just went and found somebody's horse and took a selfie with it or whatever. They were probably going to do that anyway. Oh Oh my God, God, dude. This is, uh, it it defies explanation. It's one of those things we talked about before. It's like so many things that happen with these people. It feels like some simulation. It's so on the nose. Do you know what I mean? Like the 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 bullshit for these purposes drug that took them by storm could have e- just as easily been like something for like a foot rash or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then it would be like, what are y'all doing? But it just had to be fucking horse pills you know it just had to be livestock related all barnyardy yeah. in fashion it's just and unreal what what they do is they take a kernel of true so there are countries that are where doctors are using small doses of ivermectin in a cocktail with a bunch of other drugs right so a little bit of hydrochloroquine a bunch of vitamin salute they don't but the, the reason they're doing all these like duct tape treatments is because they don't have vaccines right right they're, right. they're, they're doing desperate Hail Marys of like risky treatments. They don't know what to do because they're just trying to save people's lives and hoping any, something, anything will work. And ivermectin does have some uh, antiviral property in small doses from what I understand. But the last thing I saw, the, the amount it would take to cure COVID is about 150 times the dose that would kill a human. So this stuff is fucking useless for COVID. 
Um, so anyway, so they, they just, they, 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 someone read something about ivermectin being used in Brazil. And they're like, well, this is the miracle cure, obviously. It's better than the vaccine. So that's, that's how this stuff got started. But let's get through some other quick lunacy before we bring John on. Um, yeah. So <laughs> no one goes to school board meetings. Right. You got to kind of be a little, a little bit crazy to go to a school board meeting unless something really big is happening. So there's this phenomenon happening around because well, no one's paying attention. Um, NPR has a story this week. Uh, as school board meetings get hostile, some members are calling it quits. Yeah. School board members from all over the country, they have roundups from like uh, a, a bunch of different states where people written resignation letters about how hostile and hard it is to get them to, to do their job because it's just people yelling at them about COVID and masks. Um, and schooling from home is all that, all that stuff isn't, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to homeschool my kid. I don't have a kid. Uh, you're, you're more experienced than I, than I am with it, Trey. Um, but I, I you, just don't like Kate at one point, Katie brought up, she was like, she brought up homeschooling them or whatever, because, it, but I was like, Katie, we, we don't know how to do that. You know, I was like, teachers are important and real. I was like, we're yeah. not, we don't know how to be teachers we can't just nope. do that you know so i mean yeah and also yeah kids benefit from being in school so yeah you want to send them you know you're you're a dad you teach them how to ride a bike and build a potato gun then your job's done with the teacher right right uh if you're wondering why school boards are quitting here's a few clips from a school board meeting in lee county florida from just this week uh let's same, start yeah same meeting right these clips yeah right all three of these the same school same board meeting in meeting. florida again what is up with this florida propaganda anyway uh, go ahead matt let's just how you doing my name is brian biggs biggs b-i-g-g-s not briggs i want to talk about the real pandemic child sex trafficking by putting masks on these kids face you can't identify any of them so by the nine of you Already voting on this tells me you guys support sex trafficking. Hey, sir, you're out of order. Good. <laughs> Good. You walked up like it did something. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure, like, if I wasn't part of an international sex, uh, child sex trafficking cabal of billionaires, what I'd do is hang out at fucking school board meetings, uh, listening to assholes like that. But, like, it wasn't, he wasn't even necessarily, like, at least he got his over with quick. Check out this lady uh, who says she's a nurse. I don't know if she could have made it to nursing school because she seems quite intolerable. But I hit it, Matt. My name is Melissa. I have two daughters in the school system. These are demonic entities, and we need to stick together. Remember, we have authority in Christ Jesus. These are demonic entities in all the school boards of all the United States of America. And all of us Christians will be sticking together to take them all out. All the police officers that kick us out for our First Amendment right will also be going down with them. Do you understand? I'm a nurse, infectious disease, 13 years. Masks don't work. These doctors that sit up here that were sneering at us and looking at us like we're scumbags, they need to go back to fucking medical school. Ma'am, you're out of order. Please. This is your last warning. Turn my my mic off. Communications. They need to remember, natural immunity is best. You are all demonic entities you are going to be taken down the lord already had your first warning and this is your last she cannot speak (laughs) so by the way uh, natural natural immunity being best let's get rid of all vaccines by the way it took 400 years to get natural herd immunity to bubonic plagues let's just do that um yeah well what you know what would jesus do he would fucking 
he would rail against these fucking scumbag doctors out here and take them all out one by one. That's what Jesus would do. Any good Christian knows it. (laughs) Jesus' main thing before coming back from the grave was healing lepers. That's why people thought he was cool, right? Right. He was. He was. He was. He was a doctor. uh, magic power, better than doctor actually. But that, but anyway, like, so my favorite clip from this is a guy just, I don't know, just, just play this clip. This is a guy on the live feed complaining about how they're silencing him because there's no live feed. <laughs> was the live feed that's typically done for these events is down. Did you know that? No one can seem to find it. Why would that be? It what? Oh, by accident, of course. We know. So why would a bunch of fucking idiots who support me not be able to find this thing on their computer? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, literally saying on live feed. Also, look, he kind of like looks right at the live feed camera at one point. He like looks directly into the live feed camera and he's like, no one can find the live feed. What's that about? Again, it's just so on the nose, man. It's unreal. it's just like the uh, the the town council meetings in Parks and Rec. If you've ever watched that show, but uh, yes, so yeah, these these are useful idiots in the lunatic fringe here. But there is like an astroturf right wing effort to get a bunch of people to run for school board. Get, you know, get critical race theory and stuff we've talked about. So I would advise everyone to please consider running for school board <laughs> and yeah. subjecting yourself to these morons. Because if not, they're going to run. And they're going to cheer each other on, and uh, your kids going to be learning how yeah. uh, everyone's a lizard. They or at least at least keep up with who is running for school board and be mm-hmm. aware of it and vote and stay involved and whatnot. Because yeah, it's a pretty thankless job, but now it's become a straight up political battleground, and you see the people that are on the front lines mm-hmm. of it. So, but it, could it be also a whole sucks. Thing. It also sucks for still the regular old reasons, which we wanted to do a little palate cleanser here. This is also from this week, a video that went viral from a school board meeting. Nothing to do with QAnon. Yeah. Just, this is just keep, what school board members normally have to deal with before yeah. the lunatic showed up. But let's play this, yeah. then we'll get John out of here. Phil McCracken. Phil McCracken. Salk, Souk, Mahidik. Souk, Mahidik. Ophelia McHawk. Ophelia McHawk. Eileen Dover. Eileen Dover. Don Kiddick. Don Kiddick. Wayne Kerr. Wayne Kerr. <laughs> so he, he absolutely uh. should have known what was happening when he got to Eileen Dover because that like, our generation, the generation that dude was in, like this was the like a whole right. new generation has discovered IP freely. And we right. all forgot about it. Yeah. Now, dude, God bless the teenage bag of shit who, who did that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> there, that was supposed to be a three-hour question and comment period. Only one real person was signed up. The whole other three hours were just made up shit like that. <laughs> dude. I, so there was a real estate uh, agent in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, where I used to live, named uh, Dick Bales, B-A-L-E-S. And the Mm -hmm. teenagers in town would 
paint over the parts of the E on his real estate sign. So it was like, for information, called Dick Balls, right? And I was I was a fucking thirty year old man living there, or whatever, and I cried laughing every time I saw one of those. <laughs> just again, just to know that there's still yeah. teenage bags of shit out there doing teenage bag of shit stuff like that, like changing his name to Dick man. Balls. You know, I just appreciate. The kids are all right, it. man. The kids are yeah, all right. They're gonna be okay. <laughs> this generation. All right, so. Let's get him out here. Our guest tonight grew up on a farm in the Ohio Valley, which is the steel mill and fracking part of Appalachia. He farmed produce and ran a stump grinding business for seven years, then was the rural outreach coordinator for the Elizabeth Warren campaign and has just moved back to the Ohio Valley to start The Holler. The Holler's most recent video on the wealth gap has more than 9 million views across all social media and has earned two national media stories this week, everybody. Please welcome to the show, John Russell. What's up, John? Howdy, boys. How are we doing? Doing good, good man. Right? Good to see you. So I want to... Good um, to meet you. I, I saw your video a couple of days ago before I knew uh, uh, you were friends with Matt, and uh, it was awesome, man. I dug it. Congratulations so on morality. on that note, because I don't want to subject you to just sitting here and watching yourself, because I know I don't like that. So <laughs> oh, instead, I'm going to so instead I'm gonna request uh, people that haven't seen the video... Can you just sort of walk us through what you cover in said video? Because it is illuminating and people do need to see it. Yeah, and I got to say, I'm, I'm just glad to have gone viral in the same week that teenagers are pranking the, uh, the school boards. But the video was about something that hit a nerve with people, and it's understandable. It just – all I did was – and I actually have the, the graph here, but I graphed out with graph paper like it's the 1970s the relative wealth gap. And all the video does is make the point that a couple of hundred people have all of our money. Right. And when we talk about the 1% and the 99%, it's kind of easy to get mixed up and not really realize how much money we're talking about here. Uh, but when you put it uh, into relative scale, it becomes clear uh, that all of us are in the same boat the working class people with three car garages and Pelotons, we have way more in common with each other than uh, with the people who have the true wealth and we ought to get together, stop fighting with each other and do something about it. Right. Cause you, you say it uh, in the video, you're like, and I think this is true. A lot of times when people start talking about taxing the rich, a lot of people, as you put it, who have a Peloton and a three car garage, they hear that and they think you're going to tax me more. Why are you taxing me more? But really, that's not what we're talking about, right? We're talking about the uber wealth, the so wealthy, it's literally almost impossible for our brains to wrap themselves around how wealthy these people are. We're talking about taxing yes. them more. Let's talk. Let's talk about that relative gap. I love this quote that's out there. Uh, just to keep everything straight, where we're talking about big numbers. If seconds were dollars, a million seconds would be 12 days. A billion seconds would be 32 years. Yeah. We have one person with $190 billion. And if he continues on this path, if we continue to choose that system that made him that rich, we'll have trillionaires. And a trillion seconds is 32,000 years. That's the scale right. of wealth we're talking here. And let me close on this. We only have 600 billionaires. And those people are commanding $4.2 trillion of wealth. It's a big deal. It, it, the thing about my takeaway is always like, there are reasons to take away a ton of Jeff Bezos' money, even if we just lit it on fire. 
<laughs> because <laughs> he's too powerful. Like we like we did the American Revolution, so we wouldn't have any kings. So we'd all have kind of an equal yeah. say over our you know political future and reality. And you have a one guy who literally Jeff Bezos literally has his own foreign policy. His rivals are not yeah. other Walmart or other businesses. His rivals are Mohammed bin Salman, right? It's like like he he's literally in a foreign co- like. Him and Ben Solomon had a falling out when Ben Solomon killed Khashoggi and whatever, and and pulled Bezos. Like they're like public enemies number one. Like when when Bezos's dick pics got hacked and his marriage got ruined, that was ba- that was tracked back to bad actors hired by Saudi intelligence, right? So like the, the, this is fuckery going on an international scale just because Jeff Bezos is a king of his own empire essentially. And all these people can operate this way. And there's like a, re- there's a reason for the survival of democracy to take away a lot of their money, even if we didn't use it to fund schools and roads. But by the way, schools and roads could use the funding, right? Big time. So that, that's what my, my, what my brain comes back to about this is like, like just how you talk about the law of large numbers and, and, and how human brains aren't built to conceive of large numbers because it's not something we ever had to do when we throughout all of human history. There just weren't big numbers, right? So it's yeah. like this. It's kicked us in the dick with COVID, and also it's like made it made wealth inconceivable to most people. And I think your video resonated because it was here's a chart that shows that Kanye is worth closer to zero than he is to Bezos. <laughs> you know? That's one of my favorite statistics. You know, all of these famous other famous billionaires you can think of, Michael Bloomberg, Warren Buffett. Depending on the day and how the stock market is doing, a lot of them are closer to having zero dollars than to having Jeff Bezos levels of wealth. And uh, Mark, you made a great point. Uh, this has been true forever. You know, read it in any history of democracies. Concentrated wealth and democracy do not go together, because when you get that level of concentration, uh, people start to want to capture government and make the rules for themselves. Sounds familiar. They want to capture media and tell the story about themselves that that puts their concentrated wealth in the best light. We have billionaires that are buying up the the, the means of information. We've got uh, billionaires, you know, hiring armies of lobbyists to uh, run the halls of Congress like they own the place when it's when it's actually ours. So those levels of wealth are not actually good for democracy. But I want to make another point here too, because it can seem like we're all ganging up on Jeff Bezos, right? Um, and you know, a lot of people use Amazon. I do, and a lot of people like that service. Uh, but I think it's really worth it to make the point that nobody earns one billion dollars, right? Uh, we have a system um, that funnels the value that's created by working class people. Working class people punch into work and they just make billionaire. They make money for freak nerds all day long. All of the value created by you going to work and do whatever you do because of the system that has been set up by billionaires because they've captured our government. It siphons that value you're creating and it puts it into the hands of people who didn't really earn that value. If Jeff Bezos sleeps all day, he's still going to get richer and richer and richer because this system, and this is what I wanted to make, Jeff Bezos is not inherently a bad person. He's the winner of a bad system that yeah. funnels all the value that we create to a handful of people, 600 to be specific. Yeah. yeah. Well, it also like another thing about that that's always annoyed me is like you have the people, you know, on the right politically who hate welfare in all forms you know get up off your lazy ass and work for it you know why should i pay for you know for you to live a life of luxury or whatever but then you have bezos and the walton family and whatnot who so many of their employees they don't pay them enough to actually live 
So they end up getting benefits that are paid for by the rest of us. So in effect, Bezos and the Waltons are on food stamps or they're on welfare, effectively, corporate welfare, you know, and people. On the front end and the back end, because Jeff Bezos is a government contractor. A lot of his money comes from the government just giving him money. They like, like not only just like that Amazon Web Services hosts, you know, the CIA and the State Department and all that shit. Every government agency is like servers. But um, Jeff Bezos, like Amazon relies on the post office to do a lot of last mile carrying for him because he doesn't have the infrastructure to do it. And they do it out on the cheap. So like he's getting it coming and going. Um, yeah. Right. And they and no one cares about that. Like corporate welfare, it doesn't doesn't matter to people. They worry about the, you know, mythical welfare queens or whatever instead for some reason. And I just I don't know what you think about that, John, why you think that uh, is or I, I think there's a good reason behind it. Look, um what would happen if uh, the only thing that people could think about was how all of their labor gets funneled up through a system that was uh, designed and, and paid for by billionaires who are taking all of the, the money that, that people are really working for? People be mad. Uh, wealth concentration is uh, at a more intense distribution now than it was in the French Revolution. And the last time that happened, there was violence, right? Yeah. So people get angry about that. So to keep people from thinking uh, about just how badly we're getting worked over. Um, they have to invent media networks that give us stuff to fight about, about how people are living. Uh, the guy next to you, which maybe works at the uh, same place that you do, um, is getting something for free uh, paid for by your tax dollars. You know, they want th- this is classic divide and conquer, and it is absolutely necessary to divide ordinary working pl- class yeah. people when you have wealth concentration like this, because if we weren't divided, we might get together and do something crazy like a wealth tax. All right. <laughs> and that's something I would love to talk about because there, therein lies a solution to uh, uh, unite folks in, put a lot of this money to work for us. After all, it is our money. Well, I uh, mean, go, go ahead. Let's talk about it. May I wealth have tax. the floor? Yes. You may. <laughs> yeah. Please okay. Do. okay. Okay, so here, here's what I like to start off with. You know, when you when you say wealth tax, people respect uh, business folks, and they should. They should respect small business folks. But really, everything we're 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 talking about here um, is beneficial to workers. It's beneficial to small business. We we want more of those things. Uh, but let's talk about a wealth tax. You're probably already paying one. Um, I work for the Warren campaign. Is one of her policies a point she'd always make? If you own a home you are paying a wealth tax because the property tax on the value of your home is a tax on your net worth. Uh, we can apply the same concept to all of the assets of billionaires and a tiny wealth tax uh, that wouldn't make a dent. In fact, it wouldn't even stop the runaway growth of billionaires could raise trillions of dollars for us over a 10 year period. And let me just end this with a, a couple of specifics. Um, there's plenty of plans out there. This this was the Warren plan. Uh, but if you take a 2% tax on everything over $50 million, so you pay no tax up until $50 million. Everything right. past that, two pennies comes out of the dollar. Yeah. And if you're past a billion, six pennies comes out of it. Do you know how many people would pay that tax? It's 75,000. <laughs> <laughs> A little more than that, 75,000 households, which is a, a small city, 
right? Yeah. But the point is, this is hitting a tiny amount of people, and just right. that would raise nearly $4 trillion over 10 years. That would See, end the conversation well, of how we that, pay for it. That's another thing, right, is that people think they hear like raising taxes on the – they they don't realize that you pay the same amount on everything up till the, you know, yeah. the, the higher tax bracket. So like you pay the same amount on everything up to $2 million or whatever, and then over $2 million, then it's a higher – tax prac but people think that if they make a certain amount of money and you raise taxes they're going to have to pay more taxes on all of that when that's not really how it works there's just so much Marginal. misinformation were, or misunderstanding about how all of this shit works amongst regular I, people you know i never really knew many rich people until the last few years but then like you know work in hollywood and your friends start having successful careers and you, you learn a few things about money right for example the way Working class people think about money, we do historically, is like money is a tangible thing. You get in exchange for tangible things. You trade chunks of your life in terms of time away from your kids or your family. Or literally, if you work a blue-collar job where your back hurts or you lose a piece of your body in a machine, you're literally trading pieces of your body to get money that you exchange for goods and services, right? But if you were to tell a rich person that their income was connected to how hard they work in any way, they'd laugh in your fucking face. Yeah. There's 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 no connection there. It's 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 manufactured value created on paper, and but we think money equals hard work, so we don't want to take away p the, the the dividends of people's hard work. But Jeff Bezos did not work one hundred ninety thousand million times harder than the janitor at Amazon warehouse. It just doesn't work that way. And so go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry about that. Oh. I was going to say, listen, in the microcosm of my life, I can tell you that, like, because I've been up and down the income ladder a few times because I'm uh, uh, an idiot in a weird career field. But, like, all, all the, like, all my easiest jobs were the highest paying. Like, the only blue collar job I ever got to take a nap at was working construction or waiting on a load of stone and curl up in a pile of dirt under a tree, right? But, <laughs> when, but in an office job, there's a couch, you can go fucking take a nap. <laughs> You know, it's it's so weird. Well, here. it's also just the whole right. thing of like the, there. You know, it's been pointed out many times before, but it's like it costs money to not have any money, and you make money by having money. Like if you just have money, you make more money. If you don't have money, that's expensive. It costs money, late fees, all that shit, versus interest rates and whatever. So it's like it's very much an exponential scale. You know, as you go up, like it doesn't get harder. It does absolutely does not get, you don't have to work harder to make like that much more money. You know, you have to work hard to survive <laughs> at a certain level. But once you break through and start making enough money, you it, it's not proportional to how hard you work, how much more money you make. And wow. yeah, the, one, one of the first videos we did that got any traction was about this unearned wealth is what I call it. Uh, because that's what it is. It's wealth without work. And it starts at an astoundingly low level. I mean, I was a, a, a blue collar person for a good number of years running a stump grinder, right? You know, I would come home looking like a coal miner. One of the most shocking things is when I sold the stump grinder and got the money from that, I just stuck it in an index fund. And then magically, it started appreciating in value with me grinding not a single stump. But right. to, to really put a fine point on this, um, the... S&P 500, the collection of the 500 largest stocks. If you put, uh, let's say, a million dollars into that index fund, 
over the long run through Great Depressions and World Wars and COVID, the market goes up on average about 10% a year. In other words, on a million dollars, which sounds like a lot, but again, on that relative scale is not very much compared to the rich. That's $100,000 every year for yeah. no work. And right. then it compounds on itself. So you scale that up to $190 billion. And pretty soon you see that this system is just a black hole of money compounding upon itself with nobody doing anything about it. But what we could do is tax it and put it into public assets so we can actually have nice shit. And the last thing I want to close on with this, all that stuff we just talked about, the super rich and your audience are the, we're, we're smart people here. We, we probably know this, but it's worth saying the super rich pay the lowest share of their wealth in taxes. In fact, in 2019, the top 1% of the 1% paid about three and a half percent of their net worth in taxes. And for the bottom 99%, the same number was over 7%. So the super rich are paying less than half of what you're paying in taxes, federal, state, and local as a share of your wealth. And if they just paid the same, Right. We would have a completely different government and not have to worry about this pay for question at all. And we could invest it in people. I don't know, man. It sounds like if we institute your uh, your policy, then Jeff Bezos is going to be eating soup and asking me to help him move. I don't know. <laughs> I'd be living in that. Uh, it's, it's a quality soup, whole, maybe from Whole Foods. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. Hey, there. John, if you worked that hard to get to the point he's at, would you want people taking money out of your pocket? Is that what you would want? It's not fair. When we all work to get to that place one day, we don't want people taking money out of our pockets. God damn it, because we'll all be you know, Jeff Bezos hey, one day. <laughs> if I if I get there, you know, on the uh, insanely low odds, I might just buy up all the newspapers and invent a story about myself and maybe capture the government and protect all that wealth I didn't earn. I'm definitely yeah. going to the moon, I'll tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> Dick-shaped rocket, you might want to avoid Dick that. Dick-shaped rocket, for sure. The biggest <laughs> Dick-shaped rocket you've ever seen in your life. All right, John, <laughs> thank you. Hey, listen, so... Uh, before we go, I want to give you an opportunity to let people know how they can uh, follow your stuff and keep track of uh, everything you're doing and whatnot. Well, hey, thanks. We're, we're a big fan of you guys. I'm so glad to be on. I see these audience comments, and you guys are the best. Uh, if you want to follow me, head over to at hey John Russell. H-E-Y-J-O-H-N-R-U-S-S-E-L-L across all social media. That's where you get the TikToks. And if you want to support uh, progressive Media from Appalachia, head over to the holler, T H E H O L L E R dot C O. Subscribe and support these videos. Thank you. Right on. Well, thank you, John. We appreciate it. It was a great time. Thanks, we'll John. have you back for long. Be good, bro. Yeah, All right. Appreciate Thanks, boys. Take it easy. All right. See ya. All righty, John Russell, everybody. Uh, so let's get into questions and comments here. I, um, one thing I was going to say, and I'm going to be scrolling through his comments over here. I think we may have talked about this before, but like that, uh, that whole, like, just cause you have all this money doesn't mean you worked this much harder to get it thing. I feel like there's uh it's just something in human nature with like, so my wife, before I knocked her up, she was a personal trainer and did fitness competitions and stuff like that. And like, there's a real reticence towards admitting any kind of like, genetic advantages when it comes to that like we've all known somebody 
we all have a buddy who can like eat like a horse and drink a case of beer every day or whatever and not gain any weight or whatnot. Like everybody knows that guy. Right. And like, but, uh, you can't bring that type of shit up to a lot of like fitness professionals or whatever, because it's, they, it all needs to be tied to your results are tied to how hard you work. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's, uh, the same mentality that Americans have about, about wealth, you know, like, yeah, you can't just, you cannot just sit on your ass and get rich if you're not rich to start with. And you can't just sit on your ass and get in shape either, but it, it's not a one-to-one -one comparison of the amount of work you put in to the results you will get, depending on your age, the genetics you have, depending on your socioeconomic status, what you're working with to begin with. It's not like a perfect formula, and a lot of people treat it like it is in their heads, I think, yeah. because people want to believe that working hard equals massive amounts of success or whatever, you know? Yeah, but we're not here to discourage hard work. Right. <laughs> working hard like, is good. Of course it's good. Yeah. The, uh, there is a, um, a, a writer I like a lot, Michael Lewis. He wrote the books that turned into the blind, the movies, the blind side and the big short and a few other ones and whatever, but he writes a lot about financial policy, but, um, his first book was called liars. He had a job on wall street and quit because he realized it was such bullshit. They had to, it had to be collapsing and it lasted a little bit longer, but his first book was called liars poker. But anyway, he gave the, he gave the convention commencement speak at Yale a couple of years ago and it was about luck. And he was just trying to explain to these kids that they're very lucky. <laughs> He's like, you are very lucky to be here at Yale, to be graduating, to be gifted with the intellect and the work ethic, to be, have been successful and to be graduating from here. And you're going to enter the world of other lucky people. Now, you're, you're going to spend the rest of your life thinking about what that means, whether you did it all through hard work or yada, yada, yada. But his point was just like all the all lucky people owe is to recognize that they're lucky. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, to be like, right. yes, not, 100%. To not look, to not look down on other people who aren't as lucky and to think right. about your place in society because and, of that. And that's, and, yeah. And I, I think with like a lot of people with like a lot of wealthy people or whatnot, they take it personally when you imply yeah. that there was a lot of luck involved. You know, they're like, no, I've worked. And a lot of them have worked hard. A lot of them have yeah. not. But I'm saying they take it personally. And the implication is that other people aren't working as hard as you are. That's why they don't have as much as you have which is bullshit, and that's what pisses people off about it, I think. But the, the people who invented Betamax work just as hard as the people who invented VCRs. Right. In fact, they, they made a better product, but right. porn chose VCRs, so just everyone didn't work VCRs. out. Right, yeah, exactly. Right? So they lost a race through no fault of their own. And no, uh, they couldn't have worked any harder or made any better, but um, right. I'm sorry. It just didn't work out. And yeah. sometimes it just don't work out. Might, yeah, exactly. The point I was arriving at was that, like, they, they, that he's basically saying, like, recognize you're lucky and hard work. You can change your life on the margins, but the general course of it is going to be shaped by shit you cannot control. And so you should work hard to improve your odds while recognizing that you don't have much control over the ultimate outcome of how things go. So work hard, but also know that things are going to happen you can't control. Yeah. Uh, Brian Fowler from YouTube. I mentioned my wife was a personal trainer when we met. He said, did she meet you while grabbing a snack tray? Uh, a snack tray. That's funny. I am a, I'm a living snack tray. Uh, um, we worked together at Crawdaddy's Bar and Grill in uh, Cookville, Tennessee. That's right. And when I first showed up, she thought, who's this frat boy douchebag? Because I had a chin strap beard. Chin strap played, though. Just so everybody knows. Chin strap played. Hey, it was like 2008. Chin strap oh played. god! I was going to say 1996. It would have made sense. <laughs> no, it made. Hey, chin strap played. God damn it! You weren't there. All right. Anyway, 
Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I think I was just so much different from all the people who took care of themselves that she mostly hung out with that she was intrigued by it, I guess. Uh, Jillian Ratliff says, hard work by itself and luck by itself isn't enough. How is it? How is it? How is it this hard to grasp this concept? And yeah, I agree. It's like it takes both. Like it absolutely takes both. You can be real lucky if you don't like work hard to capitalize on the luck. It's not going to matter. You can also work your fucking ass off and it may not matter. It just may not. That's just how life works. You know, like when uh, to me, physical fitness is a useful lens through which to look at this stuff because you can be born in great shape. Right. But in reality, like all you, you're born with what you're born with and you can do the best you can with that. That's really the world you're in. Yes. So you, you compare to yourself and do the best you can every day and then let go and let God, you know, that's how it's going to go. <laughs> right. I could have given everything I had in my physical capabilities to be like a strong safety or something. Mm-hmm. I wasn't never sniffing. I, w- I wasn't ever going D one. I wasn't. I wasn't going D two. Let alone the. Yeah. It didn't. It did not matter how hard I worked. It never mattered how hard I worked. Yeah. It wasn't in the cards, and that's true in every field for everybody. My, and like you, all you have to do is just acknowledge <laughs> that that shit is true. You know, yeah. my dream just was be a, real about it. If I could be anything in life, it'd be an NBA small forward, and it doesn't matter. How 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 hard I work on my jump shot, I'm right. five nine. <laughs> right. Never happening. No, yeah. 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 All right, let's see. Uh do you want to talk about that Will Wilkinson, Will Wilkinson piece we were texting about earlier? Uh let's I think that's kind of evergreen. Let's save that. We'll okay, save that, yeah. that next week. April P says the part I can't take is that Bezos claimed the child tax credit for three hundred dollars because I'm sure he needs some new socks. I hear I'm sure he just has people that like do whatever they literally can do on his behalf, like anything that he yeah. can get away with claiming, they claim it for him. But, uh, but yeah, and that's why that's part of how they get to that point in the first place is by taking every possible yeah. avenue they can right. to keep as much to, money as they can. I've, I have an account that does my taxes, I still have to sign it and I see what the taxable income is. He would have had to look at it and see this taxable income for that year was forty thousand dollars. He would have had right. to look at it and see that. <laughs> Uh, Sweet Lou says the quotes American dream in quote con is the tool that drives the capitalism grift. And I, and I very much agree with it. It's that, yeah. that like people, that's a big part of the mentality. A lot of people have is it's like, that's how it works in America. One day I'll be Jeff Bezos or whatever. Like you yeah. can't punish him now because we all want to be that one day. And we don't want to be punished when we get to that, when that's not I- how any of this shit works. Was it the Alexis Tocqueville quote that uh, all Americans behave like they're temporarily embarrassed millionaires? Yeah. 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 That's true. One day, one day when my ship comes in, baby. Yeah. And it's coming. (laughs) One of those days. When I'm on the ship, I'm going to fuck everybody on the ship as hard as I can. Yeah. I'm going to fuck them all over. Fuck this ship. Everybody that rose this ship, all the people shoveling coal in the bowels of this ship. This is my ship now. Yeah. Ah, Fuck all the people that keep it from sinking. Okay. Last one here, uh, Eric. Da, Land- da, 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 yeah. <laughs> Eric Landry says chin strap played. It did. It did, Mark. Chin strap played. Okay, listen. Uh, thank you all for joining us, and uh, thank you, John Russell, for being with us. Last one more time. Wellredcomedy.com for tickets for the live show. P 
patreon.com slash Trey Crowder if you want to do the Patreon thing. I appreciate you either way. Thank you all very much for being here. I'm Trey, and that's Mark. And uh, we'll be back next week with more SKUs. Yeah. See you. Love you. Bye.